a child, I watched the movie Anand Mat many times. The movie was made years before I was born, and it touched a chord in many of us who watched it then. And of course, the song Mande Matram, sung by Lata and composed by Hemant Kumar, is an evergreen hit. It still raises goosebumps when I hear it. The movie was based on a Bengali novel written by Bankim Chandra Chattopadhyay. The song is part of the novel. Most of us enjoy the movie and the book, but never give a thought to the events on which the story is based. Many of us do not even know that the book was inspired by actual events. The East India Company had won the Battle of Baksar in 1764 and took over the rights to collect the tax in the Bengal Subha. The Subha or the province of Bengal included United Bengal, that is present-day Bangladesh and West Bengal, Orissa and Bihar, a huge province and one of the richest in the Mughal Empire. The British company was interested only in profits to be made and remitted to England. They imposed a new tax regime which soon impoverished Bengal, which had been, as I said earlier, the richest province of the Mughal Empire. In 1770, the new tax regime and natural factors combined to create the Bengal famine. The British continued their depredations even as the people struggled. Famine, hunger, disease and drought devastated the land and people. The British built their fortunes on the dead bodies of Indians. Over 10 million people died, a third of the population of Bengal. The land lay bereft and depopulated. It is a tradition in India for holy men, both sadhus and fakirs, to travel around the country. They go from place to place, visiting holy places and carrying news. They connect the people of the land and are an integral part of Indian society, especially in northern India. The Kumbha Mela, a gathering of holy men in the 1800s. It is held every 12 years at different locations and the sadhus come from all over. In 1771, these traveling sadhus and fakirs reached Bengal and were agitated at the conditions there. The British resented these travelers whom they classified as beggars, thugs and worse. A number of these sadhus and fakirs were killed by the British. It is said that over 200 of them were killed without any reason in 1771. This created anger and unrest. The sadhus and the fakirs survived on the alms given by the people. In 1771, there was not much of alms that the people could give, whether they were peasants or landlords. Whatever little they got was also resented by the British as they felt that this was money that should have come to them rather than to the sadhus and fakirs. Things came to a head. The British banned the entry of sadhus and fakirs at many places. For centuries, this man had traveled from place to place in India and never been obstructed irrespective of who ruled the land. The naked and hungry sadhus and fakirs fought back. There were cl clashes all over the Bengal Subha. Pandit Bhavani Phatak organized a group which opposed the British exploitation of Bengal. The earliest clashes took place in Rangpur, now in Bangladesh. The Dashnami sect of Naga sadhus visited Bengal since time immemorial. They were also involved in clashes at many places. These nomadic groups had primitive weapons 
and they were not organized. There was little ground support or strategy involved, but they were masters of guerrilla warfare. They were numerically and technologically less advanced than the British Army, but they fought the British Army for years. The guerrilla tactics used by the French revolutionaries, the Chinese Communist Party are talked about. But no one talks about this ragtag bunch of fakirs and sadhus who use these tactics to hold their own for years against a much superior force. In the forests, in the mountains of the Bengal Subha, in remote villages and in small pathways, these naked men, the sadhus and the fakirs of India, fought a mighty empire, bringing it to a standstill many a time. They died unknown, their bodies left to rot and feed the animals, but they fought and never gave up. The empire could never subjugate them entirely. The violence died down by 1778, after eight years. But sporadic clashes took place till the 1800s. The British were never able to completely subjugate the sadhus and the fakirs. The Sanyasi rebellion, as it termed, was a precursor and an inspiration to the larger revolts that took place later in the 18th century, including the first war of independence, as it is termed, the Sepoy Mutiny of 1857. The travelling sadhus and fakirs carried the news of British atrocities around the countryside, which became one of the factors of later revolutions. The British could not stop these fakirs and sadhus from their travelling wherever they wanted. But sadly today, we looked upon, we looked down upon these travelling fakirs and sadhus, not realizing <clears throat> a contribution to uniting this land and making us a nation we are, as we celebrate another Republic Day. Let us remember these unknown Indians who led the spark of independence. Jai Hind and Namaste till the next time.